Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Runa Bad Guys Day radio show. Hey, I'm Skip Myers, your host of Runa Bad Guys Day radio, and I want to start off by thanking everyone who continues to support the program, and especially those of you who keep sending in all those great emails and feedback. Hey, we have a great show lined up this week, including a very, very special guest that helps you fight fraudsters and help prevent chargebacks before they really happen through VMPI or Visa's Merchant Purses Inquiry Program. So before we get started, let's discuss some fraud stats that are out there right now that will probably make you lose sleep tonight. You might not know that 86% of all chargebacks may be cases of friendly fraud. And friendly fraud is increasing at a 41% rate. And it's been increasing that at that rate for over the past two years. And CMP losses will reach a staggering $7.2 billion by the year 2020. And what's really a scary statistic is that approximately eight in 10 customers admit to filing a chargeback instead of actually working out the issues directly with the seller or merchant. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. How can we really target friendly fraudsters and, and really target our chargeback program with reducing the amount of losses to our company and streamline the processes that our internal controls have to fight chargebacks and disputes. So today, as promised, Rune Bad Guys Day Radio will be featuring some of the top fraud fighters in our industry throughout 2019. And today, I'm especially excited to introduce to you Scott Adams with FraudPVP.com. Scott Adams is a founder of FraudPVP.com and has over 20 years of experience in the field of payments as both a merchant and fraud expert. He's worked with companies large and small to re- reduce chargebacks, improve ROI, and fight fraud on multiple platforms. So today, we're going to discuss the Visa Merchant Purchase Inquiry Program, or VMPI, and how Scott's expertise can help save time with those disputes and eventually reduce chargeback. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? So, hey, Scott, I'm so glad you could join us today. How are you? I'm doing great, Skip. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Hey, you know, as, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about this and known each other for a few years, and you're really making an impact in fighting fraud and helping other merchants really reduce their chargebacks and losses. Can you tell us, me and our listeners, more about VMPI and how it works to make chargeback disputes simpler and more automated? Yeah, sure. So VMPI is actually a really interesting product that Visa decided to launch a few years back. And the idea was is that the one of the big problems, and you know, you just talked about statistics around friendly fraud, is that you know most of the time, if you, a consumer looks at the credit card statement, all they see is you know a twenty-something character descriptor, which oftentimes has a bunch of gibberish in it. And so, you know, think about if you're a consumer, you've got a credit card, you, I'm sure you've had a, a time where you've looked at your statement and saw a charge and said, okay, what is this? And had no idea. And I have. Yeah, everyone has. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter. You know, you could make one charge a month. And that's going to happen because, you know, the merchant is not required to put something there that makes sense. 
And really, most merchants don't know any better. They don't understand that that descriptor is all the consumer has to recognize the charge. So oftentimes, especially for a new merchant, it's like a corporate name. You know, what? who's going to recognize that? You're going to recognize the website. You're going to recognize the, the game your kid's playing, whatever that might be. Um, so Visa decides that they needed a better way to handle this. And so that's kind of where VMPI came from. And they said, you know, what, let's make a product where the merchant can actually respond more or less directly to the merchant's or sorry, to the uh, consumer's question of what is this? Um, and so they created the system. It's actually really nice in that, you know, that kind of the flow goes, let's say that the consumer calls in to their credit card company and, you know, says, hey, I don't recognize this. You know, in the past, that would just become a chargeback because the issuer knew, knows no more about that transaction than the consumer does really. Right. You know, they, they might know a corporate name or something, which doesn't right. help. Yeah, I've seen like uh, that indicator be like a DBA d- doing business as, and you're exactly right. I, I see that sometimes and I I have no clue whatsoever, even how to decipher that acronym. So it's, exactly. it's, it's very common, isn't it? Yeah, very common. And, you know, that's, and the thing is, you know, like legally it makes sense. You know, your business doesn't have to be the same name. There's a lot of different things legally why you might do that. But, the, you know, the, the merchants often, especially newer ones, don't know to make that something better. So, you know, just outside of EMPI, if you're a merchant out there, make sure your descriptor actually describes something that the the consumer will know. Um, But beyond that, use VMPI, you know, and so where VMPI goes is that, so kind of the new process, consumer doesn't recognize, they call the issuer. And now if that issuer is using VMPI, and this is only with Visa, by the way, they can press a button on their screen and it'll pop up with more information. And that information could be anything that the merchant wants to pass back. And so as I set up new merchants, I tell them, you know, I need some basic information, but then I say, okay, now tell me what your consumers, what the person that's looking at the credit card statement would recognize. And, you know, and keep in mind that, you know, it might be if your product is targeted mostly for, you know, for adults, for actual cardholders, then it might just be your, you know, your website name, product name, something like that. But VMPI lets you actually pass in your full shopping cart information. Awesome. So if you're a a merchant with a shopping cart, you push it all in. And so now, you know, the consumer called and let's say this is a, some form of website that's a a marketplace and, you know, the descriptor might've been the marketplace name, but the actual purchase was with some other, you know, provider, some of the created some products maybe. And the issuer can now read off, oh, okay. So you bought it at this website and oh, here's an email address that was used to buy it. Here is the name. Here's maybe an account name. Um, and then if this had a shopping cart, here are, here are the five items you bought. Here are the prices. Oh, it looks like one of these shipped. Here's your tracking number. Right. Basically the same stuff you would get in the portal at the merchant's portal when where you bought is now in the issuer side. And so the idea being, you know, you, you mentioned like in a uh, helping with disputes, this actually is way before that. And that, yeah, in the past it would have been a dispute. But the beauty of the system is that now let's, you know, that consumer called in, the issuer told them what the, what the purchase was. And the best situation is that the, the consumer then says, oh, wait, I know what that is. Sorry to bother you. No, it's and awesome. No chargeback, no dispute, no fraud alert. And best of all, the merchant not only keeps the money and there are no f- additional fees, but they keep a happy customer. And then they can, you know, if it's a recurring product, they can rebuild again. Or if it's, you know, like we talked about, like a shopping cart, a uh, marketplace, they keep that customer and the customer will come back and buy for them again. You know, this has been a long time coming for a service like this, because I mean, we all know, you know, all of us that are in this business, especially if you're working chargebacks, we had a way to produce that proof 
after the chargeback was actually filed. And, and, you know, and now we can use that, that proof or that evidence of the transaction as a preventative measure before it turns into a chargeback. I mean, what a great way to streamline the process and make things more efficient. And to your point, really keep those happy customers. It's just, it's just I see it kind of as, a, as an extension of customer service. You know, it's if the merchant, or it'd be great, you know, if the consumer would just call the merchant, but you know, the card companies have made it so easy and pitched it so much, you know, on, on the web, on TV, that there's no liability, just call us. Well, now they have the tools to actually kind of help your customer support. So that works really well. No, that's awesome. And, and I mean, I can see all the, you know, the time savings with those fraud analysts or those, those reps that are actually working those chargebacks every day, making the phone calls, sending those emails. I mean, the potential to save money and reducing those processing times before they actually turn into chargebacks is huge. And again, I think what we both can't stress enough is that the potential impact of improving your overall customer service metrics is just massive. Yeah, that's one place I've been talking with merchants about is that, you know, it helps your customer service. It helps so many different areas of your company. And one other thing that's that's kind of a side effect that I didn't even realize when I got involved with this was that, you know, if you, if you look closely at your chargebacks, you'll know that there's probably a decent percentage of them that have actually been refunded before the chargeback happened. Right. You know, that's always been confusing to merchants. Um, but, you know, the, the, these systems were built originally, right, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And so there is a delay between the moment that the merchant says refund and the issuer knows. Exactly. And different banks, different acquirers, there's a, a lot of variables there, but it can be hours to days to weeks. And that's something else I found with VMPI is that we can see, you know, the merchant can actually pass in, this was already refunded. Here's the date and time. And here's, if they have it, uh, a refund authorization or a, you know, some kind of transaction ID to go with that. And in most cases, what I'm seeing in, in my data is that the issuer then does not do a chargeback. Mm-hmm. That's another place that, you know, sure, if you're in the know and you're experienced with this, you realize that if you dispute those later, you, you will win in almost every case. But what a lot of merchants don't realize is that even though you disputed it and won, it still counts against you for that month as a chargeback on your percentages, which are super important for you to monitor. You know, this is a great segue and I had additional stat I wanted to include in the opening of the monologue there. But one thing that a lot of people don't know is that a large percentage of all chargebacks, and it's approximated at about 49% of all chargebacks are filed uh, without the consumer's full knowledge. For instance, the the customer may ask their bank to look into a transaction or cancel uh, maybe a subscription or something on like that on their behalf, but the bank misinterprets that as a request for from that dispute to file a, a full-fledged chargeback. Yeah, I think so, that happens a lot. Yeah. And I that's what your stats are saying. So it they agree. We agree. Because you know, it does seem like that anymore, you know, it used to be, and technically I think it's still the rules, but it, they just don't really get followed to the letter. And it, really a lot of the rules don't apply anymore because most of these rules were written back before the internet. Exactly. Um, you know, you used to have to, and I remember, you know, Skip said I've been doing this a, a while. When I first learned what a chargeback was, I didn't really care at the time. I didn't know I had to stay under a number. And, you know, many of you merchants, if you've been around a while, know that, like that, that's actually not that uncommon to start a business, get your merchant account and not know how all that works. Exactly. And what I, what I remember, I remember a paper, you know, we'd get the post office, the mail guy would bring those big crates that, you know, if you have a lot of mail and it looks like, you know, you got a lot of fans, well, then you dig into these and they're all chargebacks and they would actually have basically an affidavit from the consumer saying this was fraud. Oh, right. Right. And you're dating yourself by talking yeah, about yeah. the mailroom. <laughs> I know yes, what I you're am. talking about. But, it, but the thing is, I, as far as I know, that's actually still supposed to happen. 
but it really doesn't anymore. Now it's, it can be what you just said. It can be that fast. It can be, you call in and say, Hey, I'm not sure what this is. And the bank says, okay, I'll take care of that for you. Well, that's sure. chargeback. Mm-hmm. They didn't say it, but that's what it is. Exactly. And this service is really going to make a big difference. And so, you know, what was interesting and in some of the research pre podcast that I was doing is that some information, this came from Lexus and Nexus, said that fraud costs associated with chargebacks cost merchants about $2.40 for every $1 loss. And of course, this includes the actual product that was lost or services, banking fees, administration costs, and the payroll to manage those chargebacks. I mean, that's a lot of money. So if anyone's looking at trying to figure out or go to that next meeting to really take your program to the next level with with your upper management, that's a good stat to really talk about. Uh, don't you think, Scott? Oh, for sure. I, I actually would say that that's really low. No, that, I agree. <laughs> right. That probably, you know, that's taking into account the super merchants out there that are almost 100% automated, you know, because there's just, you know, one chargeback for a huge merchant doesn't cost near as much as if just take out the product cost, just the fees, right? Mm-hmm. The huge merchant can negotiate, the smaller merchant can't. And there's actually as much volume out there on the smaller merchants as are in the big ones. There's just a lot of the little ones. Yeah, and this is a factor in what that margin is that your particular company has within that product. So that's going to vary across the spectrum of different industries and verticals, whether you're near electronics or digital goods, soft goods, and, and so forth. Yeah, and so, yeah, if you're not a huge company and you don't have a super experienced team, I would multiply that cost. I would say it's, you know, tens of dollars, if not more, because, you know, you got to include your time, your team, any team members, their time. And even just once you get into the program, I'm always reminding merchants that, especially if you've not been there yet, you know, you probably will get there at some point. Really the, the cost, the emotional cost, the opportunity cost, you know, what could you have been doing instead of fighting chargebacks, instead of fighting these problems? You know, those things all add up really fast. That's awesome. So, hey, hey everyone, what we're really talking about here is really streamlining your process, making your chargeback dispute process more effective, more efficient, and reduce those costs. And what a great thing that Scott is doing through his company, Fraud PVP, and he has been able to really take VMPI at a higher level, a better level of service to merchants because he was a merchant. He knows how we think. So Scott, what what is Fraud PVP's service with VMPI actually doing to help merchants reduce costs at that higher level? So there's a, f- a few things. Um, so first, you know, VMPI technically is a direct to merchant product with Visa, um, but it's, it's like, go back about a year, and I was at a, a one of the in- industry conferences, and everyone was asking me, how do I get on VMPI? And I was basically having to say, I have no idea. I'm <laughs> trying to get, I'm trying to get clients on VMPI. And so I'll let you know, I took names. And, uh, you know, fast forward about three, four months later, I'm at a different conference, and I end up meeting up with a, uh, a, a Visa SVP. And she, she says, hey, I hear you're trying to get merchants on. Why don't you build something to help? Um, and the, the problem being is that Visa doesn't have enough people in, in that apartment. They're, you know, they're trying to grow it, but they basically decided to, to switch tactics and focus on what they're best at, you know, which is really what any business mm-hmm. is. Visa is focusing on issuers and, you know, on acquires. And, you know, now they've got a program that allows me to get involved and I can focus on the merchants. And so I integrated with Visa and started bringing merchants on board. And what I realized through that process and also through through all my consulting and, and just being a merchant for nearly 20 years is that I don't care if you're a billion dollar company or you know a million dollar company or less, you don't have enough engineering resources. 
you exactly. always could use more. And so what, so what I did with fraud PVP is that I basically developed a platform that isn't just for VMPI, but it's its main focus right now that kind of decouples the real-time aspect of a service from that service and allows the merchant to, to let me host some of their data. And so in the VMPI's case, that data that you want to send to the consumer to show them that this is a good charge, I actually host that for the merchant. And when I say we make it easy, you know, and that the problem is that, you know, you guys just don't have enough engineering to do everything you want to do. I've made it so that there's basically no integration. You know, you, it depends on what you, meant, you consider integration, but with fraud PVP, all you have to do is worst case, you know, you're the fraud manager, go grab a report from your acquirer and upload it to me via my UI. Awesome. But a little, one step further, which I, I don't consider integration and almost anyone can do is via FTP mm -hmm. and make it a little bit more complicated, but still easy. Automate that FTP process. And so once a day, you send me data and I take care of the rest. And every merchant I talk to says, okay, that's doable. What they can't do is integrate with an API. That right. takes time. That's complex. And you got to get other departments. An engineer. Right. Yes. Whereas an upload, even, even to an extent, a, an, an FTP automated upload, you know, you can have that on your personal computer um, if you need to. And so we just basically automate everything. And then actually VMPI has, at the Visa side, has no reporting. Um, it's, it's really just does what it does. And it doesn't have bells and whistles. And so, you know, we've added a bunch of reporting that's all geared around what a merchant needs to see. Um, you know, we've, we have the upload download capability. You can download the data to your system as well from through my, my UI. If people want it, we have an API, but actually no one has asked for it yet. Hmm. Um, and then, then beyond that, so another piece of this product that, you know, it's funny how many surprises I got when I integrated the system. Um, you know, here's another problem you may, re you may recognize. You know, let's say, you know, you're chugging along running your business and all of a sudden Visa is telling you, oh, hey, you're in the, the Visa fraud monitoring program. Mm -hmm. And you say, um, what's this? You know, it's like, <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't know what your fraud rate was. Mm -hmm. Well, there, here's the thing. There actually is no good way to calculate that up until now in that only the top acquirers even give you access to that data. Um, and that if you're that experienced, you might know the TC40 report. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a few acquirers that'll give it to you. But one, it's delayed. It's at least a day behind, if not weeks behind. Two, most merchants can't get it pretty much at all, unless they're in the program, which I've always found super frustrating is that you don't get in until you're in the program. So how did you know you were getting close? Mm -hmm. How did you know what to monitor and how to fix it? Um, so VMPI though is now gets, gets you access to that data in real time. Um, and, you know, obviously I said no integration, so technically it's not real time, but if you log into my UI or you ask to have email or some other form of alert from the system, you can literally see the date and timestamp that my system shows is the exact same date and timestamp that Visa shows if you do get that, get alerted and thus get the TC40 from them. Um, so I, I know the moment you get a chargeback, the moment you get a fraud alert, the moment you get a cancel recurring, which is another thing that most merchants don't even know about, mm -hmm. um, and also an exception. So any of those things could turn into a chargeback um, at some point, and obviously just the chargeback numbers. And so take all that data together and, you know, we have provide reporting around that. So you can log in, look at the dashboard, and you'll literally be able to see at this very moment, um, based on the data that you've sent me so far, this is your chargeback rate. This is your fraud rate. This is your fraud amount. So That's you can awesome. monitor your business uh, so much better and at a much closer 
much more accurate level. You're exactly right. And I've seen through the years too, uh, one of the biggest disconnects with a lot of retailers, merchants, fraud analysts, chargeback practitioners is the disconnect with the data at their fingerprints, the inability to leverage all these different pieces of fraud data, chargebacks, disputes, fraud, not fraud, friendly fraud, account takeover, and having it in one space, one window pane or dashboard like you're talking about. And that will, I can't imagine what's going to happen with the industry, but that's really going to make companies more efficient and to your point, really increase customer service. So finally at once, we're going to leverage this data instead of have it segmented in so many different platforms and different databases or spreadsheets into one very specialized utility. Yeah, and so I'm trying just to think, you know, I, I realize technically I'm not a merchant right now, um, but how, how I see it, you know, I've been a merchant for so long, I can't help but think that way. And, and that's really what I want to think, think like, I want to continue to think like a merchant. And so, you know, everything I do, I'm looking at, at the system as we go for, you know, what's the next feature? What are we adding? And it's always about how do I improve the situation for the merchants? Right. Well, in, in having that merchant background, that mentality, you understand as an end user from the merchant standpoint, instead of the actual, you know, visas, MasterCards and American Express companies that are really going toward issuers, you understand the impact on customers more than they could ever imagine. Definitely. So Scott, I know you've had some practice already with your service with some merchants that will uh, remain unnamed so far until uh, uh, probably next week. But can you give us a kind of overview how your case study has been going with that merchant? Uh, yeah, sure. So we've had like astounding success. Um, you know, I think kind of there's some terminology to de- I need to describe real quick. So kind of the, the best outcome for a merchant with VMPI is what I'm calling a deflection. Um, that means that the consumer called in after they've seen this data or heard this data from the, the support rep, they now recognize the charge and do not want to dispute it. So not only does the merchant not get a charge back or a fraud alert, but they also get to keep the money and keep a happy customer. And so there's deflections. Then there's that kind of middle ground that I told you that, you know, maybe you already did a refund. Maybe your fraud team did a refund same day as the transaction happened. Uh, but then the consumer calls in the same day to the card company and a chargeback happens. Mm-hmm. And so with VMPI, because we've passed that data to the issuer, they now say, oh, wait, this was already re- already refunded. You don't need to dispute this. So you save the chargeback, but unfortunately, you still lose the money. But you don't lose it twice. You know, In the, in the past, you would then uh, have gotten the chargeback, which would then suck the money from your account. Right. So you lose, you lose it twice for at least 30 days, if not a couple of months. Um, and then there's finally is, is the kind of the alert piece, which is just that real-time data. Um, and so with my my first few merchants, what I've been seeing is out of all the inquiries we get, and we're getting a lot of them, the coverage is very good, especially in the United States, and it's growing every day in the rest of the world. We're seeing as much as like a 50% deflection rate. That's awesome. Which is just, yeah, astounding. And then on top of that, similar numbers on the refund side. And so, you know, I can't really imagine anything better. Like, you know, I would have been happy with 10 or 20% and it's way better than that. Man, it, you know, we, we wouldn't be, we couldn't be talking like this, like two or three years ago. This has really come a long way. And there's a yeah, there wasn't anything out there. No, there wasn't. And I, I mean, what you just described with your service, I mean, the time savings alone, while the reduction may be in payroll or that particular person that's actually doing chargebacks, they can spend their time on other things that may be more productive. Those inquiries that you can deflect from turning into chargebacks in the first place, that's huge. The saved sales, all these different things you can go back to your executive team and not just talk about how you reduce fraud, but how you're actually doing things to make uh, your process is more efficient and actually help customers and increase sales. And w- what you're saying, the best part is that easy integration. And in, in, in turn, you get those fast results because I know as a, 
as emergent now, one of the hardest things dealing with with third party vendors is really what big question, how fast can I integrate this into my system? How easy is it going to be with the coding? How can my IT team work with your team? And when can I start seeing results? That's really the bottom line. And I think you, you're really making strides or really working hard at really making a difference in this industry. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we plan on doing you know, that. So I think down the road, you know, the platform is basically set up for other products as well. Um, and so we're kind of taking notes as we talk to merchants and what else would you like? You know, what other real-time services can we kind of decouple and allow you to use our slightly less real-time platform. That's awesome. You know, I, I just keep thinking in my head every time I hear you talk, I mean, what an incredible way to communicate all this information in real-time with Visa and our own merchant data to share that transaction data. It's just got to be huge with solving that dispute before it becomes a chargeback or a fraud transaction. And what a huge big cost savings for merchants and increasing those efficiencies and really bottom line, improving that customer service, which is really important to all of us with keeping that customer and having repeat business. Yeah, I think one other thing to think about as a merchant too is that, you know, I said this on stage for years is that, you know, it's, it can be hard to get resources for fraud until you're in big trouble. And so, you know, I think one of the jobs, especially as a manager or director, you know, VP level that you need to keep in mind is that you have to get out there and make sure that that the execs, that that, the other teams at your company know you exist. Because generally it's like, if you're not in trouble, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, (laughs) you have access to so much data and so much information. And now with systems like this, you're literally saving the sales, you're helping customer support. Do the math and you'll discover you're actually making the company money. And that's always good. And you know, what's interesting what you said, you know, it's all good until it's not. And there's so many people in our business say all the time, gosh, I wish I could, you know, meet with the CFO or the CEO or my senior VP in finance or something one day and really talk about, and you know, care for what you wish for. Cause most people don't have that, that chance until something goes bad. But in this case, with this particular system, now you can add value to what you do every day and be a voice of your own initiatives with really helping the company at a much larger level. Instead of just fighting chargebacks, you're actually adding profits and sales to the bottom line. And you can look in it with, with our site, you can actually log in your dashboard. And that's one of the first things you see on the dashboard is the money saved by the deflections. So, you know, we add that up for you and uh, even in one of the next updates to the system, we're actually going to have even an estimate that is beyond just adding the numbers, but is looking at, you know, had that been a chargeback, you know, you would have had your chargeback fees, you would have had other fees involved and trying to kind of give an estimate. So you basically don't have to do anything. You just log in, see it. And now you can, you know, write your report for the week or go meet with your VP. I mean, you can generate reports before those reports are requested by somebody else. And most times somebody else that you don't want to be requesting those reports. So you get ahead of it. You're more proactive instead of reactive. Definitely. Hey, Scott, you know, this has been such great. Is there anything else for our listeners that you can advise us? Any other takeaways, uh, help and advice? Yeah, I think I would go back to the beginning and, and say, you know, one, you definitely want to be using VMPI and however you make you do that, ideally with PVP. But uh, you know, it's a great product. I just think Literally every merchant should be using it. And, you know, just like any other product, it's, it takes time to roll out. You know, the coverage is, is excellent in the United States and it's decent worldwide and it's improving. But the only way that we're going to make this as merchants super successful and top coverage everywhere in the world is to use it. Because, you know, it's just Visa's got to go out there and, and get issuers that aren't on it already to start using it. And so the more of us that are on there, the more firepower Visa has to say, guys, look, all these merchants want it. So get with the program, but even simpler, just think about your, think about your customer 
and think about the guy looking at the, the card statement and, and just start with, let's make your descriptor better. Mm-hmm. Make sure that fits. Use soft descriptors. Um, if you don't know what those are, you know, either email me or, or skip or uh, talk to your acquire. They all accept them for the most part. And also think about that, you know, the more you communicate with your consumers, the better. Um, and remember that really there's a, a lot of cases where, you know, you're thinking, think about who's going to actually look at the statement versus who bought the product. You know, I deal with a lot of video game merchants. Um, so, you know, any, any merchant really though, that has a, a skews to the younger side, you know, it, it's very often it's mom looks at the statement or dad and it may be legitimate. The, the, the parent may have given permission, but so now think about it. If you have a kid, think about this happening. You know, <laughs> no do you, do you know the, the corporate name of, of the video games that your, your kids playing? No, probably not, but you do know the game. And so, you know, make sure that the descriptor actually describes what, what, what's being purchased exactly. at the time. Yeah, so often Johnny um, borrows mommy's credit card and goes online and downloads some games yeah. or gaming time. And and I'm not know. even saying that it wasn't allowed. Mom right. could have said, yes, do it, but then forgets. Or like I said, the descriptor might say some funny corporate name. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the game. You know, Johnny doesn't sit there at the at the, the dinner table talking about, oh, yeah, you know, this this corporation, this game I'm playing. No, he talks about the game. He talks about exactly. the characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a great point. Hey, Scott, you know, you're out and about at conferences and, and uh, speaking events. Is there anywhere you want to tell our listeners where you might be next so they can maybe tune in or actually see you at the conference? Oh, so I'm going to be in uh, actually next week. It's probably a little late. Or actually, this is being... Uh, put live after that conference <laughs> that's right um, but so as you're listening to this i was just at the count summit in austin texas um the next place that i'll be i believe is the cmp expo which is uh, in san francisco this year in may um and after that i believe i'm going to be at the uh, payments ed the direct response forum and that'd be really another another tip um you know if you don't go to these conferences you should they're Absolutely. they're a great way to exchange information with other merchants and and learn what's out there Highly recommend those of you who have not either budget for it or ask your boss to go. You learn so much from people just like Scott every day and some of these nuances to help you fight fraud, like those descriptors that most people don't understand. So that's some great feedback and great advice. Looking forward to seeing at you at some of these conferences, Scott. You know, this has been a great time to, to be with you today. What a great discussion about VMPI. And wow, what a long time coming for something like this. And the service you're providing at Fraud PVP and VMPI service, man, what a great way to help merchants save time and reduce chargebacks. I mean, we all want to do that and help our customers. So, hey, everyone, I'm going to put all of Scott's uh, contact information listed in the podcast notes with links to his website, Fraud PVP, the website, and more information about the Visa Merchant Persons Acquiry Program or VMPI. And all, and as always, please subscribe to and like Runa Bad Guys Day Radio on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and many other free download services to, to receive new episodes. We really, really appreciate your feedback and all that continued support. Please keep bringing it in. And thanks again and stay tuned for another Runa Bad Guys Day radio episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guys Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at ruinabadguysday. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guys Day radio podcast.
The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.